I always feel that good managers open that space for your good employee. How can I support you with staying in this job? Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcotte. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Jeremy Marcotte, and I'm here with Matt Rouse. Say hi, Matt. Hello. And today, we're going to talk with Kara Radecki from Ancora Counseling. Hi, Kara. Hi there. So, we're going to talk today about imposter syndrome and like what it is, how it can affect us, and stuff like that. So, let's just go ahead and get into it. Kara, who are you and what do you do? So, I'm Kara. I am a licensed clinical social worker, which basically just means I work with people's brains and I make them cry professionally. And I have a practice here in the Hillsboro community in Oregon called Encore Counseling. I own it with two other people and we work with everybody. We firmly believe that you don't need anything wrong with you to come and speak with someone who's trained to work on the brain. And we don't need to diagnose you. We don't need to use your insurance. We just talk to you. Wow. So that's what I do. I know that we're going to talk about imposter syndrome. And I was wondering if maybe kind of a good idea to get rolling on this would be to sort of define how you see that and what that is. If you're an entrepreneur and, and you're on anywhere like Medium or, you know, Quora or any of these other types of websites, you get inundated with people talking about imposter syndrome and nobody can really agree on exactly what it is. So maybe it's a good idea for you to define what we're talking about as you see it first and then we can kind of go from there. Absolutely. I mean, imposter syndrome is something, it became kind of sexy back in the 1980s and everyone started talking about it. Just this idea that despite maybe the skills you're bringing to the table, people are going to find out that you have no idea what you're doing, that you're a fraud, that, that you're an imposter. The example I usually use is the night of the Ancora Counseling open house. And I was networking with some professionals and chatting it up and drinking a beer. And for a second, I felt like hot shit. And then I was like, wait, I have no idea what I'm doing. How am I opening a business? Am I even good enough of a counselor to do this? Despite the fact that I am very skilled and I did plan and I do know what I'm doing. And this impacts a lot of people. I think the statistic is something like 70% of folks. Yeah. Like, are you in my head right now? Because I have those thoughts constantly. I am in your head. That's my superpower. Creepy. So we encounter this constantly. And a big problem with it, not just with, you know, our own staff um, that we have and, and because we do a lot of very technical things and because we always talk about it all the time to us, it's common knowledge. Right. And actually, we're having a conversation about this today before we even came here in our internal company chat about like because somebody asks us a question like, how do I speed up my website? And we say, oh, well, you know what? The images are too big. You should make them smaller, but also compress them. And that's the answer. And most people don't really know what image compression is. Or I don't. But to us, we talk about it every day. We're just like, yeah, compress those images. Oh, I forgot. Okay, I'm going to go do it. And five minutes later, it's done. And their website loads faster. To us, that's a common thing. But to them, it's not. But then we look at each other and we're like... Am I really good enough to be like telling people how to fix their website? Well, the answer is yes, because they don't do that every day. They don't know what they're doing. So we do encounter that a bit internally. But then I think for people who are maybe solopreneurs, right, or entrepreneurs who are like the single owner, maybe they do have a few employees or a VA or something like that. I think they encounter that more. I don't know what you think 
I think anytime you're a solo business owner, there's a lot more of that feeling that you're on an island all by yourself. But it is something that we truly all experience. It's the strive for perfection versus seeing our value. And when there's not a community of people around you where you can have those discussions and own your value, it definitely becomes more challenging to get stuck in that imposter syndrome. And where I see people getting stuck is when that imposter syndrome prevents them from taking risks. When I was feeling imposter syndrome, I could have said, shut it down. Ancora counseling will never exist. I'm going to go back to my my dead-end job and, and just stay there. Imposter syndrome also can prevent you from knowing your true worth, right? Raising your rates, asking for that big contract, something like that. Again, it's about knowing your value, not necessarily the the perfection of what you do. Yeah, so, I like you said, owning your value. Yeah. That's um, something people need to do more. And in starting our business, our business has two owners and myself and Scott, we each had our own business before that. So, I mean, we're going back a pretty long ways. But at some point we had to make the jump from, am I just doing this one thing myself? It's like, I've made myself a job. We're not really entrepreneurs. We're more like just self-employed, right? To we're going to have staff and we're going to have contractors and clients and bookkeepers and, you know, people that need to do our taxes and things and, and all of the stuff that goes along with making a company. And we had to have those kinds of discussions like, do we know enough that we know what we're doing? Can we make this happen? Can we make this work? Right. And I don't think we would have done that had we not believed in our value. Right. Absolutely. And so, I think it holds a lot of people back. Right. And we talk about it. Right. So we're saying imposter syndrome. We're saying, hey, talk about it. But how do you know it's something you need to talk about or you <clears throat> would go talk about? Because the last thing that a lot of people want to do is go talk to somebody about what they're feeling. That's just mm-hmm. kind of still this hard thing for some people to swallow, right? So Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of stigma to coming and talking to someone like me, right. for sure. And, and to those people, I would really encourage you to find some sort of either networking group or another thing I found very beneficial that exists in my field is there are just general staffing groups that are available. So find others in your industry, bounce ideas off of them, try not to feel so alone in it. And if that's still holding you back or if you're struggling to be vulnerable in front of another professional, that's the nice thing about me is I can't tell anyone. I'm bound by confidentiality. So you can come, cry, say you're feeling these things, and then you can go out and kick ass in the world without anyone knowing that you're struggling with this imposter syndrome if you don't want to. Although I I really encourage people to just own up to it because we do mostly all go through it. So what are some of those like common things that people would come and actually see you for? Like either for workplace stuff or for personal stuff. Like what are some of the most common things that you see people for? Well, I have I have specialty areas and then I have what people see me for. My specialties are complex trauma and gender and sexuality issues. And that makes up a pretty large portion of my practice. But the lovely thing about being private pay is I have people coming to me when they're just going through life. When I was at my previous job, I would be required to label them with what's called adjustment disorder. You are adjusting to circumstances. So I work with a lot of people who are in process of getting divorced or considering divorce. They are wondering, should I stay in my job or should I look for something new? I also work with people who do have depression, anxiety, folks who said, I've been feeling this way for years and I want to know why. I want to know the label and I'm happy to provide that for them. 
it's really when whatever you're going through starts bumping up against the life that you want to lead. That's what I work with people on. So you said complex trauma. What's complex trauma? Complex trauma is there's single incident trauma, big car accident, uh, witness or being involved in an assault. And then there's little tiny traumas that people go through as, as children. So it might not be that you are necessarily harmed or neglected. It might just be little, little tiny things that impacted how your worldview was formed, how your personality was formed, and that bumps up against the rest of the world. So I work with people on emotional regulation for that, distress tolerance, communication skills, mindfulness. Do you find that, like, are these usually things that are affecting people in the workplace or is it kind of just affects all of their life, but you only see it because, you know, it's your coworker or something? Or I guess what I'm saying is, do you have entrepreneurs? Most of the people who listen to the podcast are going to be business owners, solo entrepreneurs, you know, managers, that kind of thing. They have staff that maybe they see a change in them or a change in their behavior, their work behavior or something like that. Do they come to you to ask you questions or is it more like they need to be like suggesting to employees that this is available or it's like, how does that work? All of the above. All of the above. Okay. Yeah. I've had managers reach out to me and say, I have some staff and they seem to be going through something or something happened at the office and I'm very concerned about all my staff and they work with me on some sort of deal to provide mental health counseling to their staff at like a reduced rate. The best thing that managers can do, and hopefully they can talk to their HR person or Google it, is lean into those experiences. So if you notice a change in your staff and in your business partner, actually having a conversation with them about that, noticing those observations and asking them if there's anything that you first can do. This isn't obviously an invitation for you to be a counselor, but it's an opportunity for you to have a real conversation with another human about that. And therein opens the opportunity for you to say, it seems like you're grieving or really anxious or depressed. You know, I'm hearing you say that you haven't been sleeping. Do you have someone to talk to about that? Because I know someone. Her name's Kara. Right. Yeah. Now, I don't know how it works legally in the workplace of how you can approach a subject like that. Maybe you know better than I do. So let's just randomly, I'm going to say, okay, somebody's been coming to work that used to be super productive and, and everything used to go fine with them and they were doing a really good job. And then they suddenly start being late all the time. They are sluggish. They're not getting their work done. They're snapping at the other staff, that kind of stuff. Do you approach them and say, you know, what's going on kind of thing? Or your HR person, depends if you have one, right? Or is that more of a we want to make these resources available to all of the staff and hope that that person will pick up on that, you know, because you don't want to isolate them. So I think making those resources available to all employees is amazing. Um, There's been a big push for that recently with offering wellness programs and employee assistance programs. As far as talking to them personally, I would say the best managers I've had and the manager I always strove to be was one who Rather than just saying you're late, you need to stop, also opened up the you're late, is there something going on that I should know about, right? And it's not prying and it's not necessarily getting into the legitimate mental health challenges that might be coming up, but I always feel that good managers open that space for you're a good employee, how can I support you with staying in this job? Now, if an employee comes to their employer, right, or a manager and says, 
something happened, you know, my mother passed away, something happened, whatever it is, what would be the steps that they should take from there to get them help or offer them help? Is it just like you were saying, like, just say, hey, we have this, it's available to all employees, you know, you can use it if you want, if you don't, doesn't matter, you don't have to tell us, here it is, or is it more of, I know somebody you could talk to, here's the card of my local counselor or care, obviously you, if, if you're local to the Hillsborough area, right? But it doesn't help people who are overseas listening, right? If we saw fly over to see Kara. I am working on doing Zoom care, so. Well, there you go. You <laughs> yeah. can do some remote. Yes. So if you can offer those services to everyone, that's amazing. Another thing that I've done for businesses is a more proactive approach. So I've done mental health 101 trainings, self-care and burnout trainings in one instance where there was unfortunately a suicide. I came in and spoke to the whole team and kind of did a little debrief on that. So there is a proactive approach. There's a reactive approach. And then there is also giving out right. my card. So how can employers... Well, we kind of talked about that a little bit. They can actually just pay attention, right? Mm -hmm. How can they identify things? Pay attention. Yeah. Employers. There are moments every day where we know people aren't doing very well, mm -hmm. right? Um, you get in the elevator with somebody and you're like, hey, what's up? How's it going? And they actually say, you know, it's not going too well, right? Normally they give you the canned response of it's right. fine or it's going. But when they give fine. you that little, <laughs> that little opportunity, I think that's a beautiful chance to really connect with another human being. It's not necessarily just for people that are having problems, right? If you think you're perfectly normal and healthy and everything like that. You all believe that you're normal. <laughs> We've already discussed this. You know, I totally don't head. think I'm normal, by the way. Um, just so, throw that out. So what if they, what if they just kind of need help if they're in their business? Like, let's talk about business, right? Sure. If you're in your business and you just feel like you've plateaued or you're, you're not as productive or they can't seem to scale or anything like that that aren't necessarily just health related is those things that they can come and kind of talk through or yes one of my clients calls it their brain massage and i see them like once every two months and that individual sometimes just needs to like sort out what's happening in their brain i know what happens to me is i get so many great ideas for my business i get a little scattered right so it doesn't have to be something wrong with you it can just be I need help organizing what's happening up in here because I do have so many great ideas. Or, we call that opportunity paralysis in the yes. marketing world. It could be, how do I challenge some of these imposter syndrome thoughts? You know, do I have some mental blocks that are preventing me from taking that next step? And then on the other hand, if you are plateauing, having a conversation about if that's okay, right? Because I think there's always this mentality of let's build more, let's get bigger, let's take it to the next level. But plateauing also means you're not losing money. So that's a pretty good thing in business too. And well, it's okay to sit there for a bit. Yeah, there's also transitional stages in businesses that, I mean, that is a conversation that you may need to have with someone else, especially if you are the only owner of your business. I find this happens a lot in engineering and technology related businesses. Like no one at my business understands about 50% of what we do, right? Everyone has their piece of the puzzle, but I can't have a conversation with somebody else at my office or at home with the highly technical side of some of the work that we do because nobody understands anything about it. Yeah. They don't know about it. They don't understand the terminology. They don't know what it is, what it does. So you find that a lot in tech businesses. They don't have anyone to talk to. And especially in like home life, I know that with clients that we work with and stuff, a lot of times they are like, I'm the sole breadwinner in my family. 
I have to make sure this business is functional and working for every employee because I'm supporting their families. And then I am the one who is doing, like you were talking about burnout, you know, they're working 16 hours a day, five days a week, and then 12 hours on the weekends. And it's a lot of pressure, you know, yeah. And it's pressure and they don't want to stop doing anything because the minute they take their foot off the gas, they think the whole house of cards is going to fall down. This sounds oddly familiar. It does sound oddly familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> so is that something that you would talk through with people? Like, how do you get out of that mode of, I have to be the one who does everything or everybody else is going to fail if I stop? Oh, goodness. This is going to be it's kind of a hot question, kettle situation right? here. <laughs> Speaking as someone who does a lot of the business, but I think learning to delegate is a very important skill that counseling can certainly help people with, as well as the assertiveness to not only delegate, but also kind of demand that. The other piece is there are some people who love that pace that works for them. They thrive on that. And then there are some people who do I don't know any of those down. people. <laughs> so there's also the piece of, of not measuring yourself against others, right? There's some book that people keep talking about where they wake up at 5 a.m. and that's how they have the most productive day ever. And Win by noon. That's yeah. the name of the book. And that works for some people. And some people very much want to sleep in. Sleep is really, really important. That is, in general, with talking about mental wellness with business owners, with anybody, sleep, eating, moving your body. Those are the, the top three. If you take care of yourself, you can burn the candle at all the ends. Right. I just read a study that they took people and had them sleep for eight hours and the other group slept for four hours. And then they had them take information and then tested them on it later to see what their retention rate was. And by missing the four hours of sleep for one night before they learned the information, they actually had 70% drop compared to the control group of retention of information. Wow. And another kind of study by the same group of people that was done, they found that having people stay up without sleeping at all for one night, and then a week later they tested for antibodies in their system not a doctor, so I might get some of the terminology off, right? But basically it was compromising their immune system almost completely. Oh, yeah. So when people miss sleep in one night, they were getting sick. There's something like a 24% increase in heart attacks the day after daylight savings. Oh, my gosh. It's just crazy stuff, right? And it's all sleep-related. Coming from someone who tries to sleep six hours a night, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm working on that, you know. Yeah, I don't think I've slept well in... Five and a half years. How old was my kid? Right. So, <laughs> yeah, my daughter's kids. three. There so. you go. That's about right. Damien so, kicked me in the back of the head a couple nights ago. That was fun. <laughs> I, I like it while you're asleep when something like that happens. Mm -hmm. Then you wake up and your fight or flight mechanism is on and you're ready to fight. Your adrenaline's going and you're like, you little child of mine, I love you. Go back to bed. Yeah, my daughter is the master of standing in the doorway very creepily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. When you run around <laughs> da -da -da. a corner and they're right there and you're, oh, my God. Where did you come from? Anyway, so, so standing in the dark holding like a, a bunny rabbit or something, you're just like, oh my God. That that happens. All right. So mental health, it is what it is. If you can think you have mental health, so you should probably take care of your body like we were just saying, right? So sleep, talk to people, get your exercise and actually eat. That's probably one of my biggest problems is eating too much or not eating at all. So mental health, if you talk through it, it can help you in your personal life, in your business life, in other things as well. So if somebody needs to get a hold of you, Kara, how do they do that? What's the best way for them to get a hold of you? You can visit us at encoratherapy.com. 
My email address is Kara, K-A-R-A at IncoraTherapy.com. Or if you're a phone person, which is weird, 971-238-4408. Can they just call or text that as well? They can call and text. Call and text. There you have it. All right. So thank you for joining us and thank you for talking to us about mental health. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Markoff. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. On the next Digital Marketing Masters, we are joined by Ann Bloomer, who runs the Institute of Professional Organizers and is herself a professional organizer, author, and speaker. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you. 